Hello, Virginia Heffernan here. What you're about to hear is a teaser for today's episode of Trumpcast, which is available in full for Slate Plus members only. See how tempted you are now to sign up for Slate Plus? We've made one in four episodes exclusive to Slate Plus members because they help support the work we do on Trumpcast and help fund other Slate podcasts like Slow Burn and Charged. To sign up and hear this episode and every episode of Trumpcast in full, please visit slate.com slash Trumpcast plus. It's only $35 for the first year, and you'll get other benefits like ad-free podcasts and discounted tickets to live Slate events. So sign up now at slate.com slash Trumpcast plus, and thanks for listening. Welcome to Trumpcast. I'm Virginia Heffernan. So walking along today, sunny day, happy about Pelosi, low-level afraid as usual that I lost an AirPod, anticipating Sunday's episode of Succession, eating up my abdomen from the inside with acid hatred of Bill Barr, the usual, and I get in my head this Cattell Koenig song. She's this Welsh singer, and it goes, Ain't no solace further up the road. I'm I'm not going to try her Welsh accent, but it's amazing. Anyway, Ain't No Solace, the usual thing that I sing kind of all the time. And suddenly I realize there is solace. And it's not even further up the road. There is today a possibility, a glimmer of hope, that even if justice doesn't prevail, right now, truth will out. When you have an administration whose primary policy objective is the obstruction of justice, what you have is an iron curtain, not between people and justice or people and what's right, but between concerned citizens and the truth. Looks like we might have a sexual abuser and liar about to be confirmed to the Supreme Court. Nah, let's not look into that. Okay, fine. Moving on. Justice Kavanaugh. Looks like Mike Flynn might have collaborated in a kidnapping scheme with Erdogan, the brutal autocrat of Turkey. Or Jared Kushner, the president's son-in-law, might have cheated on his security clearance and collaborated with MBS, the brutal autocrat of Saudi Arabia, who tore apart Jamal Khashoggi? Um, No, let's not look into that. Okay, fine, moving on. Flynn, go free and here's some money, Prince Kushner. It's not that any of these cases are arguable. We, We and people on the, quote, other side don't have opposing views about them we can discuss. Instead, our mere legitimate curiosity and longing for truth about these cases is framed as evil by the right so they can go on denying people the truth that they need to make decisions about their lives and about this leadership. Truth has been smothered by this president. But the hope is it will be smothered no more. Not only do we have the transcript of the conversation between Trump and President Zelensky of Ukraine that really does contain a smoking gun that he solicited, Trump solicited help from a foreign power to interfere in an American election. Not only do we have that, but we have the whistleblower's cogent report, clear report, implicating both Bill Barr and Rudolph Giuliani in this scheme of the president to get Ukraine to work with him to harass and bully his political opponent, Joe Biden. We have that. And we also have a motivated Congress and even some evidence that the Senate which passed a resolution to get this whistleblower report released, even that some Republicans in the Senate are thinking toward the future, thinking that they want to know what happened with this president. Just the idea that we might learn the truth is sustaining me today and giving me, yes, solace. 
My guest today to share in this solace is Dahlia Lithwick. She's the author of the forthcoming book on the women of the Senate, host of Slate's Amicus, and she also has written about legal matters for Slate and elsewhere for the better part of two decades. She's also my close friend. Dahlia Lithwick, welcome to Studio D for Trumpcast. D for drinking or for, <laughs> for dying or for delirium. Delirium. Um, possibly even delight. So we hadn't seen each other face to face since the do you like L'Affaire Ukraine? which is what Ben Wittes is pushing, or is that too fancy? It's a little fancy. Somebody texted me something that was like a paragraph long, and I was like, also not going to work. So. Ukrainium One is another nice. one, except the problem is Uranium One was not a real scandal. That's code for not a scandal. So, And this one is not a, just a scandal. It seems like a crime, but I'm going to leave that to you. You know, we have the impeachment inquiry and then announced by... By Nancy Pelosi, who's back as everyone's favorite, you know, kind of tough girl. And the kind of cascade of revelations around this call between Trump and the Ukrainian president. Tell me how it's been for you well, and how you've been actually, parsing this. Actually, I think I would, I would flip the causation there. I, I, I actually think but for uh, the uh, intimation that this was coming. Yes. Uh, and the, right, we have these seven freshman <laughs> Congress people who yeah. have... All of them are in vulnerable districts. They've yes. been very careful. They put an op-ed in the Washington Post saying, okay, now we're boxed in. Yes. And we've decided rule of law matters more. So I guess I just want to – I think that the reason I'm just being fussy about this, Virginia, is yeah. because I think the minute you impose consequences, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> then you get the whistleblower letter. Yeah. Then you get the readout of the phone call. So so why – all right, we haven't discussed that letter on the show, and, and I – somehow it fell by the wayside that day in my own news day. So I want to just go back to that for a second because, honestly, I never – I never understood this thing about people in vulnerable districts, and I never understood why when what's at issue is is election interference, um, why to win the election, we should let Trump go on interfering with elections. I, I don't know anything about politics. I can't win an election to save my life ever as a child ever. So I don't know election science. So maybe it's true if you're Katie Hill and you're in Orange County and you won by very little it's important to make people think that you're kind of cool with Trump so that you keep those people on the other side of the the D line. But it really does seem penny wise and pound foolish or something. I mean, I think to be scrupulously fair, none of those seven freshman Congress people would say, I'm going to make people think I'm cool with Trump. I think they would say, all I care about is the kitchen table issues that my voters care about. I'm just going to bracket Trump and Mm -hmm. the lawlessness and run on health care and run on the economy and run on, you know, the tax cuts for the billionaires. And I'm going to just pretend that this sideshow isn't happening. I think that was the calculus. And I think that in some of those cases, that probably made some sense. Just pretend this isn't going on. Don't engage with him. Mm -hmm. And 
tell voters, like, look, I know that you care desperately about, you know, your kid's health mm-hmm. and your job and, uh, you know, the things that matter to you and, and, and manufacturing jobs. And let's talk about that. So mm-hmm. I think that was the, the logic. And I think for Nancy Pelosi, who really did feel as though she had to protect those folks as mm-hmm. long as they felt they needed protection, mm-hmm. that made a certain amount of sense. Now, you are completely right. It's funny. Even this morning on my Facebook page, we're having a, a fight about, you know, there are folks who say this is going to backfire and why can't we just beat Trump by with 10 million votes mm-hmm. in 2020? Mm-hmm. And that's where I think you're exactly right. You cannot beat Trump by 10 million votes or 20 million votes or 30 million votes if he is using yes. the power and the authority yes. of the president right. to steal the election. Yes. And that's, I think, where that logic breaks down. And I think, in a sense, that this conversation about, oh, my God, why this thing? Why not Mm -hmm. the 10 obstruction episodes in the Mueller report? Mm -hmm. Why not the emoluments? I think one of the reasons it's this thing is that this becomes symbolic of something that looks like Watergate. It's not that the president is enriching himself. It's that he is trying to steal an election and you can't win at the ballot box if the ballot box is broken by the president. Yes. He's also using the people's purse at the Congress, the discretion of the Congress to punish people who don't punish his political enemies, namely Ukraine. So, I mean, the stealing and the abuses of power that have pretty direct effects on us, those are the things that make me think impeachment has always been a kitchen table issue. I mean, I think Elizabeth Warren and, you know, Steve Waltine, who does impersonations and jokes and sketches on the show, says he's going to love Elizabeth Warren as if he's never been hurt before. And I think we may have to do that, those of us disappointed Hillary voters. But whatever else she's doing, she's just laying out this case that it's it's corruption that's hurt our chances at health care. It's corruption that's hurt our chances at a minimum wage. It's abuses of power. It's the oligarchy. It's the billionaire class that we're seeing spelled out in such graphic detail during these last three and a half years. I mean, I really, really had no idea the extent of the MBS, Jeffrey Epstein, Donald Trump nexus. And we're learning all that. And Elizabeth Warren is able to keep all that before us. She stays off Fox News, just stays off Fox News. Who cares? You know, it's propaganda for money and I'm not doing it. And then she says instantly, this is what it says in the Mueller report. He should be in handcuffs. I'm for impeachment. And all those things at the same time she's pushing for progressive policies on kitchen table issues and making it clear they're all of a piece, that you can't not uh, tax in every way the rich, hold them accountable and the the powerful, that unless you do that, you're not going to end up with the policies that you want. And I think that connection has been made for the American people. But maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they say, Impeachment is part of the sideshow, consistent with Trump's tweets and everything else, and the business of America is this are these ten other things. Or maybe that just switched. You know, maybe I I was wrong. And then I wasn't. I've been thinking so much about Especially, I think, because it's becoming clear that they're going to do a fast-track impeachment investigation. They're going to narrow the focus way down just to the Ukraine, uh, 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 this brief episode, and they're going to leave in the rearview mirror all the obstruction and the emoluments, all the stuff that that we've got six— House committees that have been investigating mm-hmm. so many things. And we mm-hmm. might just give this over to Adam Schiff mm-hmm. and say, take it on the whistleblower. Mm-hmm. And I've been wondering whether the cost benefit of that is is just completely nutty, given that this is the same kind of thing that the American people forgave in 2016, right? Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. they knew whether or not we call it collusion mm-hmm. or corruption or 
a conspiracy. They knew that Donald Trump was inviting uh, Russia to get involved in the election, and they thought it was hilarious. That was our preview. Aren't you compelled to hear more? You can. Just sign up for Slate Plus at slate.com slash Trumpcast Plus to listen to the full episode and get all our podcasts without ads. That's slate.com slash Trumpcast Plus.